now with the latest from the world of technology. This is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading once again. Tech Guide. Well, without a doubt, the biggest tech story of the week. Tech Guide. It's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop, and a sketch pad. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 245. You're listening to the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thanks for listening once again and thanks for downloading. First time listeners, we're glad you found us and we hope you enjoy our show. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, how your pre-loved smartphone can be worth more than you think. TPG is set to become Australia's fourth major mobile network, and Panasonic unveils its 2017 range of televisions, which include OLED models. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at Navman's Drive Duo SUV, the Blue Lounge products that can help organize your cables, and Assassin's Creed, the popular game that's made it to the big screen. And we're going to finish it off with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products, and Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. A massive show for you, so let's get cracking. Well, we've all all got a smartphone, and we do love to change them. Uh, Australians tend to change their smartphones, oh, I think, every year. There's 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 fewer people now that, that hang onto a phone more than eighteen months, two years. I think people are more accustomed to changing their smartphone up every year. Well, the reason for that is because all these cool new models are released every year. New iPhone, new Samsung models, all these other brands, various prices. And we love to upgrade. But the question is, though, what do we do with our old device? The Some data from eBay shed some interesting, interesting light on this topic. And it found that a lot of us are actually sitting on our phones. And by that, I mean not sitting on them physically. I mean sitting on them, leaving them in drawers, in cupboards, not using them. They're just being, they're not being used, sitting idle in these places eBay Australia has calculated that the combined total of phones that are just being that are not being used that are just sitting idle in their in our drawers is worth wait for this 8.6 billion dollars that's b for billion dollars that's worth sitting on that much that m- amount of smartphone that, that much value in our unused handsets so it really begs the question, why don't we sell them? And the good news is that your used smartphone, your pre-loved device, whether it's a year old, two years old, is still worth a bit of money. And there are plenty of markets where you can sell it, eBay, of course, being a natural place there. And eBay has actually created a, a tool to give you an estimated value of your device. So you enter your brand, you enter the model number and its condition, and eBay will give you an estimate at what you can expect to sell your device for online. Now, with 
The Samsung Galaxy S8 is about to be released. A new iPhone is on the horizon, a 10th anniversary iPhone, if the rumors are correct. So many cool devices are being released. And while we love upgrading, a lot of us don't like to sell our old products. A lot, a lot of people, are, uh, they've got a phobia. I think they want to think, well, just in case something happens, I've got this old phone I can hang on to. Well, that, that's never going to happen. You've got a new phone, that's going to work. If you've got an old phone sitting there, consider this. You sell your old device, that can then fund the new device. If you can get a few hundred bucks for your existing phone, that'll reduce the cost of the next phone or at least pay for the first three or four months of your new plan. So it'll give you a head start. So in 2016, worldwide, Deloitte did a study. So worldwide, last year, smartphone used smartphone sales generated more than $17 billion globally. In Australia, more than 154,000 pre-loved devices, handsets, mobile phones, were sold on eBay alone. And that's along with more than 420,000 mobile accessories. So there's definitely a market there. And you'll be surprised, though, at the value of your device. On eBay, they sell a phone every 60 seconds. And last year, the most popular phones to be sold on eBay were the iPhone 6, the iPhone 5S, and the Samsung Galaxy S5. So go ahead and use that tool to find out what your old phone is worth, you may be surprised. Well, if you own an iPhone 6S in good condition, and it's this is a, an 18-month-old phone, you could get as much as $682 for that phone. That's $139 more than a year-old Galaxy S7 Edge, which is worth around $493. Now, these are depends on the condition, of course. If you've kept your phone in good condition, then it's going to be worth more. So the really easy way to find out is go to uh, go to our story on Tech Guide. We've created a link to that tool, uh, so you can calculate how much your phone's worth. Now the top five mobile phone models that's going to give you the best returns are obviously the mo- more recent models. We're talking iPhone Seven, iPhone Seven Plus. Google Pixel, Google Pixel XL, iPhone 6S Plus is still worth a decent amount of money as well. They're the phones that'll get you the best return. So if you're if you're eyeing off the new iPhone later this year or the Galaxy S8, which is due in another week, then you can go to eBay and sell your old device. Go to our story, use that tool to check out your, the estimated value on your device. You may have a very, very pleasant surprise. To read more about that story and to use that calculator, that calculating tool, head over to techguide.com.au. Tech Guide, keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. There was some very, very interesting news coming out of TPG late last week. And TPG, as we all know, is a fixed broadband provider. They also they also provide mobile service, but through Vodafone. But that's all going to change because TPG is actually going to build their own mobile network, a 4G network to join Telstra, Optus, and Vodafone. So there will be a fourth carrier in Australia. It will be TPG. A major move, $2 billion outlay 
to create this new 4G network that will cover 80% of the population within three years. So consider this move by TPG, pretty aggressive one, but a pretty smart one at the same time because they do have a fixed broadband business and building a mobile network will not only allow them to upsell their existing customers, but also create some pretty solid competition for those other carriers, attract new customers with bundles. So imagine you can bundle your your fixed broadband TPG plan with a mobile phone plan, maybe a family plan. There's going to be plenty of attractive offers for customers when this is complete. And this is really going to put some pressure on Telstra, Optus and Vodafone. So much so at the announcement of the TBG network that they announced they're going to build a 4G network, Telstra's shares took a 6% hit. So they dropped in value by about 6.5% just at the news that there was going to be another mobile network being built. And what TPG did, TPG actually bought some of the 4G spectrum. Now by that, for those who don't know what that means, there are certain frequency ranges that are available to use for 4G. And the government owns that spectrum, that range, and they, from time to time, auction that spectrum, so space on the network, to the carriers. Now, traditionally, it's your Telstra's Optus on Vodafone's that are bidding. But this year, TPG put up $1.26 billion for a slice of that spectrum. Uh, they won that, that was... They won that over Optus and Vodafone, who were also bidding for the same for the same spectrum, and you put that together with six hundred million dollars that they're going to use to build the new their new four G mobile network over the next three years, and that adds up to a tidy two billion dollars. Now, what I suspect TPG will do is construct their own cell network using existing infrastructure. You've got to remember there's a lot of cell towers that already exist, and those cell towers have a Telstra cell, Optus cell, Vodafone cell. They'll now have a TPG cell, uh, and TPG may throw up their own towers if they want to in various areas, but that is how it's going to work. They're going to build these cells and then create this this, this nationwide network. going to cover about 80% of the network to begin with. Could could increase over time. Naturally, it's going to be concentrated around metropolitan and populated areas. So regional customers will who struggle even with other networks like Optus and Vodafone uh, may not may not be included in that uh, initial rollout. But uh, time will tell just how far and wide the new TPG network will go. It's uh, I think at the end of the day, though, we're going to see the customers going to be the winner here. There's going to be more competition. Optus. The Telstra and Vodafone are really going to have to work hard to keep our business or win new customers. So I think the customer will be the winner there. Any uh, healthy competition never hurt anyone, especially us customers. If you want to read more about that story, tune in to techguide.com.au, the website that is techguide.com.au. Panasonic is the latest major TV manufacturer to unveil their new 2017 range for release here in Australia. I did have a glimpse of these TVs back at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. And the most interesting aspect of that announcement and this current uh, announcement uh, of their new range here in Australia is the fact that the new Panasonic range is going to include four OLED models. That's organic light emitting diode models 
We're unsure. We suspect that the panels for those OLED models will be sourced from LG. LG, who seem to be the only company, major company, producing high-quality OLEDs. You'll also see that Sony will release an OLED TV later this year, and they have confirmed that the OLED panel will be also sourced from LG. Now, the panel is sourced by LG, but the smarts of the panel, so the picture quality, color control, all of those smarts are then, that's the responsibility of, the, of that manufacturer. LG aren't going to pro- supply that technology. They're just going to provide the panel. It's like, put, it's like having tires on a car. The car's going to perform with the tires you're given. In this case, the TV's going to perform with the panel that you're given, but all the different smarts of the TV will then allow give you give you the picture quality contrast all of those all of that quality will come from the manufacturer so panasonic's 2017 range the oled they're going to call them the master oled range that's the ez 1000 series the highlight of that is going to be a 77 inch model but unfortunately won't be released till november if you can't wait and you, you'll settle for a 65 or a 55-inch, you're going to see those models in July. Now, Panasonic, you've got to remember, has a 79-year history of TV research and development. So they're going to bring those smarts, that technology, to OLED. And we, as we all know, OLED pixels light themselves, produce their own colors. So the, the black levels are incredible terrific uh, natural color very rich color so panasonic's their their technology their their color reproduction their their picture technology all of that is coming to an oled tv so what what they're bringing though is some to the technology they're bringing one of them's called one technology is called absolute black filter and what that does it reduces reflections because the brightness, sort of the outside light shining on a TV and reflections can actually affect the, what you perceive the black levels to be on a TV. So what Pan, what Panasonic's done with his absolute black filter is reduce those reflections to maintain that depth of the black levels. Now, anyone who's seen black on an OLED, that is black. It is The reason being is that a pixel is either on or off. If it is off, it is absolutely blacker than black. Unlike an LED TV, which has to block a backlight to create black, the pixel can only turn off, but the backlight's still there. It needs to be blocked out. That's why the black levels of a, a normal, uh, uh, the the black levels of a normal LED TV cannot match a, an OLED, because an OLED pixel just simply turns off and it's at black. And an LED pixel can turn off, but there's still a backlight that's shining through. So it can be turned off, but there's still a bit of light leakage behind the pixel, hence the reason why the blacks aren't as pure on an OLED as they are on an OLED. The other thing they're doing is developing... So, so not only is it going to be a good viewing experience, it's also going to be a good audio experience. And here is that they're addressing a problem with the TVs of today being so thin is the problem there is that you can't fit a big speaker. And that's why you see TV TV companies try to upsell customers to buy a soundbar. So what Panasonic's done is created a new dynamic blade speaker that's developed by Technics, which I think is a division of Panasonic. So the Technics engineered, engineers have tuned the sounds of this dynamic blade speaker so it can fit, in the th- fit into the thin chassis of a television 
and still sound really good. Each audio system actually has 14 speaker units. We're talking eight woofers, four squawkers, two tweeters, and a quad passive radiator. For those who don't understand, they're the parts of a speaker that make, that, that produce the sound. So that's pretty impressive if they can fit that really thin speaker and produce a decent output into a TV like that, then they're on to a winner. But it's not just OLED that Panasonic is concentrating on here. They've also got 4K Pro HDR LED TVs, and these TVs are going to have six-color reproductions. So they're going to add three colors that are going to complement the three primary colors, and they'll combine to create this amazing natural and rich color palette. And they're also going to, of course, HDR, as the OLED TVs will, so you'll get even more detail in the lighter and darker areas of the picture. There's also going to be a 4K HDR gaming mode. A lot of consoles and games now are HDR compatible. So you do get that similar content quality as you would on a 4K movie, for example. Games are also incorporating HDR. So what this, this gaming mode is going to reduce input lag. So you're still going to have very quick responses. If you're playing online, there's little to no lag at all from your inputs. Uh, the 4K Pro, the HDR LED TVs will be in 58, 65, and 75-inch models. They're the EX780 series, if you need to know the model number. There's also going to be a uh, an entry-level 4K HDR UHD TV. That's the EX600 series. These are what they're calling entry-level TVs, but still have pretty solid credentials with 100 hertz super bright panels, advanced color processing, adaptive backlight dimming, and uh, so the TVs can also display HDR and HDR10 content. The EX600 series will be available in 43, 49, 55, and 65-inch screen sizes. What all the TVs will have, of course, uh, they'll all be smart TVs. They're going to have the My Home Screen 2.0 smart interface, so you can customize your frequently used inputs and apps. And they'll have access, of course, to Netflix and Amazon, Big Pond and YouTube right through directly through the new Panasonic TVs. If you want to read more about these new televisions and see the pricing and availability, you'll find them in one place, and that is techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. And they've just introduced Orbi, the world's first tri-band Wi-Fi system. Orbi gives you reliable, secure, and crazy fast Wi-Fi to every inch of your home. That's right, everywhere. No more dead zones upstairs, no drop connections through walls, just better Wi-Fi everywhere. Orbi reaches up to 370 square metres through Wi-Fi barriers like walls, stairs and doors. With a dedicated internet connection, Orbi helps prevent buffering while streaming your favourite movies and shows. No matter how many devices are connected, you have ultra-fast Wi-Fi speeds. The Orbi tri-band Wi-Fi system works with your existing modem to maximise the speed you're paying for. Orbi's sleek design and state-of-the-art technology steals the show. It gives your home a superior Wi-Fi network that's both easy to set up and elegant to display. With just a couple of clicks, your secure Wi-Fi network will be ready in no time. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Orbi, better Wi-Fi everywhere. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennett. Tech Guide. 
All right, first up, we're going to take a look at the Navman Drive Duo SUV. Now, we all know Navman's a pretty solid GPS company. They've made a lot of GPS devices. But this product actually combines not only a GPS, but also a dash cam. So it gives you the best of both worlds. You can find your way and also have a dash cam, which can be your eyes and ears on the road. In case there's any incident, it's got sensors, so it'll give you a timestamp, a GPS location, and high-resolution video, 2K video quality for you to record any kind of incident. So if there is a dispute, you have an accident, someone hits you, you hit them, you've got a full record using the dash cam. So combine that, the Drive Duo has, is also a GPS, but not just any GPS. This comes with special features. If you own a four-wheel drive or SUV, the GPS system, this Navman GPS, can provide more than 123,000 kilometers of tracks for drivers who want to go off-road exploring. So if you do want to go off the beaten track, you can do it with the Drive Duo SUV. It combines the that Navman MyView dash cam technology. So you've got your camera. It actually sits at the back of the device. And it adds to it the My Escape GPS, which has all those additional features, but as well as having, uh, it's got that three-axis G sensor, so on the dash cam side, it records any incidents. It's got the video, GPS locations, time and date stamps. But there's also some safety features that the dash cam brings in as well. So it provides things like front collision warning alerts, lane departure warnings. So if you drift outside of your lane, the camera can detect it. So you don't need to have the most expensive high-end car for those safety features. The Navman can provide them. Uh, and because you're driving a larger vehicle, the GPS features, apart from getting those brilliant off-road tracks, the uh, on the navigation side, you get special routing. So you get special guidance if you're driving a larger vehicle. So if you're driving a truck, it'll it'll then it won't if if you've got a say a high truck or a long truck, it's not going to take you down a route or through a tunnel where you, where your vehicle won't fit. So that's the advantage of having this system. It's also got the four-wheel drive off-road routing to get you off the bitumen and into the, into the bush. So uh, if you are if you do want to explore some off-road territory. That's the way to go. Uh, also, you included spoken safety alerts. So you're going to get alerts if you're coming up to a red or red light or fixed speed camera, speed limit alerts if you do go over. You're going to also get warnings. And this is if you're driving a bigger vehicle. Warnings, so if there's a sharp turn coming up, a steep descent or incline, high wind areas. You'll also get driver fatigue alerts as well as a roadside assist function in the event of a breakdown. So if you break down, you can tap into that roadside assist function as well. And naturally, as with all Navman GPSs, they come with live traffic updates. So you'll see if there's some heavy traffic ahead of you, you'll see that on the screen and be able to reroute yourself. It's also a Bluetooth hands-free kit. And it also comes with the Lonely Planet Travel Guide. So you can download maps for other countries and use that Lonely Planet Travel Guide. And it also comes with the Zomato Restaurant Guide. So if you're uh, looking to uh, to find a new restaurant wherever you are, the Zomato Restaurant Guide can not only direct you there, but also give you a bit of a rating system 
on how good that experience is going to be. The Drive Duo comes with a 16 gig micro SD card. The micro SD card is used to record the continuous video. So how a dash cam works is it's constantly recording. If at the end of your drive, there's nothing to, no incidents, it'll just keep recording over and over that same memory card. When an incident is detected, the system actually prioritizes that video, places it in another folder that won't be overwritten. So you can easily then access that and use it to provide evidence to the police or an insurance company. So that will be saved. But what happens is that it's on a continuous recording loop. So don't worry if you're going to run out of space. You're not. It's going to continually, continuously use that space on that 16 gig micro SD card. Also comes with a two-year warranty as well. So you get plenty of peace of mind. So if you've got an SUV, four-wheel drive, you want to get off the beaten track, and you also want a dash cam to, so it can help protect you in the event of an incident on the road, you'll be able to see exactly what happened. Camera won't lie. You can check all of those out. The Navman Drive Duo SUV has all of that included. It's available now. Priced at $479. And if you want to read all about it, you can do that. You can check it out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Now, we all love technology. I wouldn't be doing this podcast if I didn't love technology. And you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you didn't like technology either. But one of the downsides of technology, while it's great, it's convenient, it's handy, it's, uh, it's, it's surprising, it's delightful. One of the downsides, unfortunately, are the cables. We've got USB cables, we've got power cables, all kinds of cables. And organizing those cables and power cords and all these things can be quite an exercise. So if you've got a laptop, for example, not only do you have a power cable, you've also got a power brick. And how do you organize it? It looks untidy on the floor. Well, we've found the solution. And it comes from a company called Blue Lounge. They specialize in a range of cable and cord organizers to give your desk and your work environment a really neat and organized look. Now, there are many products in the range. I've listed all of them on Tech Guide. I'm going to go through some of them right now. The first is the Cable Drop. Now, this is a simple plastic the product that sticks onto your desk or on your wall and it you can clip a cable inside it so not only can you you may want to route a cable up to your desk or on the thing on on your table desktop up the wall it can also position a cable for easy reach so if there's a usb if you've got to use a usb charger every day then having a cable drop can position that usb cable right right on top of your desk so no need to sort of rummage around under the floor, look around at all the other tangled cables. It could be just sitting there ready for you just to pull up, pull up the slack connected to your device. There's also the cable drop multi, which has which is smaller. Uh, sorry, it can take more. There are, there are two sizes of cable drop, I should say. Cable drop, there's a smaller cable drop mini, but the cable drop multi allows you to position four cables wherever you want. So it's got a sticky back. You peel off the sticker, stick it on your desktop, and you can have a lightning cable for your iPhone, a USB-C cable for your laptop, another lightning cable for your iPad, a micro USB cable for your other devices, your Android devices, and they are just positioned either on the wall or on your desk. So rather than, as I said, rummaging around on the floor, the cables are there ready to go, ready to be connected. So it keeps things tidy, keeps things 
organised. There are plenty of other products too, the cable clips that can be used to tidy up your headphones or if you're taking a charging cable in your bag, you can actually loop them around this cable This cable clip. The cable yo-yo is used for earphones, so you can wrap up, wrap your corded earphones and it can extend and, and, and go back into the yo-yo as its name suggests, there's a magnetic uh, clip in the center that allows the keeps the headphones, the earphones in place. So when they're not being used, the earphones stick to the middle of the product and you can easily put them in your bag. And then when you pull them out, you know you're going to pull out that cable and it's not going to get tangled. Now, for those power bricks and adapters you need to keep on the floor, there's also a cable box. So rather than having an unsightly-looking uh, pile of power bricks under your desk, you can put them all in this cable box. So they're all inside this box. You, all you see is a neat little box. There are openings to have one power cord coming out, another one to connect to your device, but it does really tidy things up. There's another product called the Sober Cable Director, and what we see when when cables are coming into the back of a television, into the back of a computer, there's all different cables into all different inputs, and it looks untidy. What the Sober Cable Director does is is con, is contain all of the cables in a single tube, and then they just branch out at the product to go into the different inputs. Rather than them being independently hanging behind the back of the TV or the computer, it really organizes things well. Blue Lounge Pixie is a cable tie. It's a reusable tie that can be used to organize everything from your cables and power cords to your garden hose or your yoga mat. There are mini and, and, and larger, small, medium and large sizes available. And finally, they've got the Blue Lounge Sanctuary. Now, this is a charging station which can charge up to four products at once. So you can there's a four-amp charger, four USB ports, take the cables, and you can actually position them so that the cable is there ready on top of the station for you to connect your phone, your tablet, your other devices, all in one easy-to-find spot. No cables running wildly. They're all contained underneath the surface of the sanctuary to keep you organized and to keep all your cables in check. If you want to read about that, if you need these in your life, if you need to get organized, you can uh, really improve the look of your office and organize yourself and save you having to, to rummage around on the floor to find the right cable. The Blue Lounge products can help you do it. And if you want to check out those, there's all pictures and also pricing on all those products that we spoke about. You can check it out at techguide.com.au. Now, Assassin's Creed has been a blockbuster game for many years, and it's a game that I'm sure everyone's heard about, and most of you have probably played the game over the years as well. Well, the game has been adapted to the big screen. It's just been released on 4K Blu-ray, regular Blu-ray, as well as digital and DVD. And the surprising thing about this movie is that it was brought to you, uh, the person who brought it from the game, from being a game to the screen, was the Australian director named Justin Kurzel. I think that was an interesting story, the fact that an Aussie was behind this massive adaptation. And uh, it, it is a really exciting adaptation. Now, games converted to movies are nothing new. They are one of those genres that are a bit hit or miss in my mind. The, the, there are some adaptations of the past that have been on point, that have been okay, but there are others that have been disastrous. And there have been many attempts, 
And so not many, not all of them succeed. But in Assassin's Creed's favour is the fact that, yes, it has got a massive fan base built in. So there'll be a lot of players who want to see this adaptation. But the good news is if you have no idea what Assassin's Creed is, no idea that it was a game, you may have never held a joystick, a controller in your life, you can still watch and enjoy this movie. I think that's one thing that Justin Kurzel's brought to the project is the fact that he's brought it, he's made it accessible to anyone. So even if you know nothing about the game, you can just go in and enjoy the story, enjoy the ride. What also helps is his cast. Michael Fassbender, Academy Award nominee, has been in a ton of great movies, including uh, Prometheus and the upcoming Alien Covenant movie. There's also Marion Cotillard, Academy Award-winning actress, alongside Jeremy Irons, another Academy Academy Award-winning actor, who are also part of the Assassin's Creed cast. So not only do you have a capable director in the form of Justin Kurzel, but you've also got quite a pretty a pretty bloody good cast as well. And Michael Fassbender is the sort of actor who really gets in and rolls his sleeves up, does a lot of the stunts himself. Now, just as a background, for those of you who are not aware of Assassin's Creed, the whole storyline, Michael Fassbender plays a criminal whose ancestral memories are harnessed using some high-tech gear to resolve an ancient conflict and to obtain a certain MacGuffin, I won't, I won't spoil the movie, a certain item that can change modern society or have consequences for the way we live our life. So there's a lot at stake. While these things are happening in the past, they have consequences for today for modern times. So you can you can expect to see plenty of action sequences. There the the ancient part of the game is set in 1492 and the assassins are up against the templars and it's a a pretty bold sort of film where there's a constant battle going on uh and the the stunts and and the the stylized action is remarkable uh, so it's a real really good ride from start to finish well worth checking out and i've done a little q and a with uh, justin kurzel the aussie director about how uh, how it was the challenges of converting a film like this which had a core base of fans uh, trying to satisfy them as well as reaching a new audience. Uh, he was asked about uh, how video games don't always translate well to the big screen. Also, the importance of shooting a, much of the action in camera. So this isn't all green screen CGI. This is actually actors, stuntmen, locations. It's all happening in front of the camera rather than all being computer generated and looking like a cartoon. So uh, plenty of stuntmen, uh, a lot of work for the stuntmen and women that were involved in this project as well. And what he's done too is he's gathered a lot of extra content. Great uh, great news for the home release, the home entertainment release. So if you want to dig into the features, there's plenty of behind-the-scenes action interviews, a lot of the production detail that you can enjoy as well. If you like, like looking behind the scenes like I do, I always go through all the special features, uh, especially for those movies, uh, the favorite movies that I've seen over the years. I really like delving into those extra features. You can buy or rent Assassin's Creed now on 4K Blu-ray, regular Blu-ray, DVD, and digital HD, so you can download it as well. If you want to read that interview and check it out, assassinscreedtechguide.com.au.
keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. While public Wi-Fi at airports, hotels and cafes is convenient, it is not always safe. Did you know that accessing the web using public Wi-Fi can expose your most sensitive information, things like passwords, photos and credit card details, to hackers and identity thieves? Norton Wi-Fi privacy helps encrypt your information when you're online, so it can't be intercepted by prying eyes. So whether you're worried about hackers stealing your passwords, companies tracking your online activity, or keeping your personal information protected, you need the new Norton Wi-Fi privacy app available for iOS and Android devices and now available for Mac and Windows laptops too. To learn more, visit au.norton.com or search for Norton Wi-Fi privacy on the App Store or Google Play Store. Tech Guide. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. A couple of questions in the Tech Guide Help Desk. I had an email from a reader asking about... What is the best antivirus for their iPhone? Well, the good news is, and my answer was, well, you don't need an antivirus for the iPhone. Reason for that is that the all the, the only thing you can download onto an iPhone are apps. And the apps are very, very well controlled on the App Store. Every single app submitted to the App Store is tested by Apple to ensure security that it works, doesn't crash, gives you a decent experience. So they're not going to let any old app that's got a, like a backdoor to maybe access your information, like we see on Android, they're not going to allow that into the App Store. So the risk of there being any kind of malware or virus on your device that can only, frankly, be a, a loaded onto your phone using an app, that risk is, is virtually zero. There are apps that can check an app before you download it, but Apple's done that already. So answer to that question is you don't really need antivirus for your iPhone. Now, if you're using an Android smartphone, I'd recommend using Norton's App Analyzer. They've got a, a Norton mobile, a, ver, a mobile version of, of Norton, if you like. And what it basically does is scan an app before you download it. So it, it will tell you if you're downloading a certain app, it'll say no risk and you'll download it. Before you download it, it'll tell you, ooh, risky app. It's going to access a lot of your information, do all this sort of stuff. So you get the big red light, the big red warning. You'll know not to download that app. 99.9% of apps, though, you'll get the green light saying there's no risk. So it knows that app. It's sort of a reputation-based service. So worth doing if you're using an Android device. Right, Righto. Second question I had was from a reader who's had a tablet for the last couple of years, and they've treated it really well. They've, 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 uh, they've, it's in good condition, but they've noticed that the battery is having some issues. And by that, I assume that the battery is not holding a charge as well as it did. Well, being two years old, that's not surprising because after thousands of recharge cycles, the battery tends to lose a little bit of its longevity. So in other words, if you were having, if you got a two-year-old tablet that when the day you bought it, it could run for 10 hours, after a couple of years, that'll probably drop to about eight hours or nine hours or maybe seven hours. 
Now, not much you can do about that because the more charge cycles you apply to a battery, then it's eventually going to lose its 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 lifespan. So the length of time it can hold the charge is going to be reduced. My suggestion is to our reader was that that to back up all their data, do a total restore on the tablet. So set it back to factory reset. Uh, and then start again, put all your stuff back on it. That might do something to the battery life. I've, I've seen that with some iPhones and iPads where even even three, four-month-old phones and iPads, the battery running out really fast, uh, a restore and then putting your stuff back on it, 99 times out of 100 sorts out that battery issue, and I'm pretty sure it will do that with your Android tablet as well. I think it was a Samsung tablet that our, our listener uh, had had uh, before asking that question. So, uh, yeah, we've done, written about plenty of those issues on Tech Guide, and you can check that out at our website. So uh, if you want to read any of those stories, check it out, techguide.com.au. And that right there is our show for this week. You can read about everything that we've talked about, of course, at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch with us, you know where to find us, info at techguide.com.au. If you've got any questions, you may end up on the Tech Guide help desk and we could be mentioning your name on our podcast. A special thanks, too, to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs. And a shout-out also to Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Thank you for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week where we're going to do a review of the Galaxy S8 from Samsung. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. 